The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. If you were here last month for the first of this series, looks like quite a few of you were. Um, I wasn't. I had to be away for work. Um, But last month, as Diana said, what was covered was right view. And there's, and so uh, right now I wanted to tie uh, right intention or the whole subject of it, intention, um, to right view. There's sort of two parts to right view. One of them is developing an understanding, as Diana said, that um, our actions have consequences. That is, our, our, our volitional actions, those that we have choice over. And by that, it's not only our actions, but also our words and even our thoughts. Um, in the time of the Buddha, there were several schools of thought. Uh, some of them said that um, everything was predetermined, that it didn't matter what we did. Things were going to come forward or you know, evolve um, no matter what we did, and so it didn't really matter. Uh, others thought that everything that happened was totally random, so it wasn't necessarily predetermined, but again, that we had no um, effect. What, what we thought and what we said and what we did wasn't going to affect what happened. And so uh, both of those kind of lead to a place where probably doesn't make much sense to even pay attention to what our intentions are because they wouldn't matter. But what the Buddha taught, and hopefully what you'll see in your own experience, is that, that all of those actions, all of those choices, um, have effect on what we experience now and experience in the future. So... Given that that our our choices and our and our actions do matter, then it's important to notice what's driving our choices. You know what what's uh, what's what's the basis for how we we make the choices and t- make the actions that we do in our life. So it's important, uh, I believe, to First of all, become aware of what intentions do we actually live our life by. You know, for some people it might be the gaining of status, it might be uh, the gaining of wealth, it might be looking for a sense of security, um, might be having a sense of connection with other people. There's, you know, many different intentions, both conscious and unconscious. So, um, one of the practices that I was taught by Gil in, in my early years was to actually do reflection practice to, to try to get in touch with, you know, what are, what are the actual intentions that I'm living my life by? Um, not just the, the ideal ones that I'd be willing to say, but, 
you know, you know, down deep, what are, what are the intentions? So, so knowing what our intentions are, are important because they're going to shape how our life unfolds. So that's, that's how intention ties to the first part of right view. The, the, the second part of right view has to do with, with um, first of all, having an intention to address suffering, to address stress, you know, that, that sense of dissatisfaction that quite commonly we address by not addressing, right? You know, we sort of see, well, how, uh, you know, I'm feeling sort of discomfort right now. Maybe I'll go eat or I'll go turn on the television or I'll go surf the web or whatever it is. There's, you know, the common, um, it, one common mode of reaction to, to seeing suffering is to see if we can just avoid seeing it, right? But because all of you are here today, I assume that you all have some intention that you want, that you want to investigate this phenomenon. See what, notice when it's occurring, look for its causes, and look for the ending of it and cultivating the path that leads to the end of it. So, um, so just by coming here, you're showing an intention to wanting to address the, the dukkha that is part of our lives. Within the Four Noble Truths, the, the you know, the first noble truth has to do with there being suffering and that there's value in, in seeing it, recognizing it. And the second noble truth has to do with there being a cause for that suffering, namely craving or tanha. And so if we know that there's suffering and we know the cause of the suffering, then it seems natural that you'd want to put an end to that cause, right? Put an end to that craving. And I, 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 in my mind, I sometimes break this craving into two families, right? There's the, the, the part about the craving of wanting to hold on to the, the experiences that you can't hold on to. So seeking sensual pleasure, you know, like, um, you know, something happens and you like it, and so you say, I want more of this and more of this, and, you know, um, and that can, to a certain extent, wanting pleasant, there's nothing wrong with wanting pleasant experience, right? It's kind of good, but that, when when it goes into compulsion and um you know then it actually interferes with our happiness and well-being so having an intention to let go of that of that um 
seeking after sense pleasure of that a compulsive seeking after sense pleasure that seems like a natural intention to have in order to end the craving that's um, at the at the source of uh, suffering and then the other part of that category of craving at least for me is the wanting to get rid of experiences that I don't want to be having right so whether that's um, you know pushing away uh, unpleasant bodily sensations quite often it can be around wanting to to push away people that we see as being the cause of our suffering you know so that sense of ill will towards either our experience or ourselves or other people that that pushing away um, can often be the source of our you know the the cause the root cause of our suffering so um, setting an intention to meet ourselves our experience and other people with a sense of goodwill can also help towards the ending of suffering um, there was a monk who uh, spoke here yesterday Tinisru Bhikkhu and um, sometimes we think of having you know having goodwill for people that, that are difficult in our lives means we have to we have to pretend as though they're our best friends and i don't think that's so skillful you know you can recognize that there's definitely differences between the between you and there might be ways in which it's it's not skillful to engage them in a certain way but it's that extra part of of wishing them uh, wishing ill for them that um, actually causes suffering actually mostly for yourself right i mean i can I can remember as a child sometimes not getting what I wanted and just sort of sitting there and passively wishing ill for the person that wasn't giving me the thing that I wanted, you know whether it was a teacher or a, another student or my parents, whatever and after a while, I started to realize, oh, you know, who's actually getting harmed by my, my having this ill will? And I was like, well, it's me. You know, I, I, they don't seem to even notice, but, you know. So, you know, having an intention of, you know, having an intention of goodwill um, also comes from a recognition that just like you want to be happy, just like you want to be free of suffering, so too do they want to be happy and free from suffering. They may be just as deluded as you are or worse as to how to achieve that, but they still want to be happy. So wishing them well, you know, goodwill, you know, may they find the source of true happiness um, is a skillful thing to do. And then finally, that, that sense of, I thought it was kind of interesting that there's three intentions. One of them has to do 
with wanting pleasant, and two of them have to do with want, you know, getting rid of unpleasant. So one is ill will, and the other one is harming. You know, to, so actually, um, wishing harm um, for others. You know, it's it's a. I'm not sure how much more I can say about that one. Looking at the schedule. Yeah, so I think that's about all I have to say um, about the three right intentions at this point. Uh, I'm wondering if there's any questions or comments. Yes. You said there are three intentions. One is pleasant and the other two are harming. Can you just... Oh, sorry. I must have, I must not have communicated that for you. No, so the three right in, the first one is um, renunciation. So that is letting go of the compulsion towards um, seeking sense pleasure. You know, kind of when one sees that, that compulsive um, grasping after uh, sense pleasure, you know, kind of grasping after things that can't be held on to. When you see that clearly, then um, you can have an intention towards renunciation of just letting go of um, that, that seeking. So that's the first one. The second one is an intention towards goodwill. And the third one is an intention towards non-harming. So thank you for your question. Yes. So about intention, I find like, you know, in the big picture of things, you know, I can remember my intentions you know, on a daily basis. But moment to moment, you know, it would be wonderful if I could stay in constant remembrance of that intention. You know, you keep losing it and then you're suffering and then, then you remember and then you mm -hmm. get back. So, you know, how to like always be in that That's a great question. <laughs> and it's difficult. I mean, you know, if this path were easy, uh, I don't know, we wouldn't be sitting here. Um, you know, I was just working in Houston, which was very hot and humid. You know, we were working long hours. I was sleep-deprived. And I found that if I paid attention to my body, and oftentimes just I could, I could tell somebody would say something and I knew I was going to say something unskillful, you know, mm -hmm. that there was going to be some verbal harm coming. I'd pay attention to what does it feel like in the body? Oh, yeah, this, I can feel that contraction, you know, that like I'm just about to let them have it. And then... When I feel that contraction, that sense of unease, then I'd say, oh, well, what is, how do I want to relate to this person? You know, we're, we're all working, you know, we're all stressed out, and we're all working long hours. Is what's going to be most satisfying to me delivering a really good zinger? Or is it going to be enlisting this person in a cooperative um, 
situation, you know. So, so I found by paying attention to the body, sometimes I could at least tell when, um, you know, verbal non-harm, you know, there was some impulse towards verbal non-harming. Um, I could tell maybe when I was contracted, a sense of ill will towards the other person. Like, oh yeah. And then, um, so when I feel that contraction, then I go, oh, you know, I really don't want to cultivate ill will with this person. We're dependent on each other to get this project done. And, let's see, I guess I'm, I'm not so oriented towards sense pleasure, except it just so happened that in the hangar that I was working, there was a place where you could buy candy at reduced prices. You know, there were Snicker bars and there were M&Ms. And whenever I noticed myself like that, I'd start noticing, oh boy, some M&Ms would be really good right now. I'd go, well, am I really hungry? I mean, maybe I had lunch an hour before. Or is there some way in which I'm trying to um, kind of escape from just the mm, physical discomfort that I was feeling. You know, so learning to kind of sense in the body the clues as to when the opposite of those intentions are starting to come up. So does that help you? Thanks. Yes? Uh, hey, um, this may be a little off topic, but it's something I've been thinking about recently. I seem to have more luck uh, developing the intentions of not harming goodwill towards people with individuals, like the experience we're talking about of you know, feeling angry at someone and being aware of you know what harm my words might do or my thoughts might do, trying to change the situation. On a larger sort of political score, like I was hiking in San Francisco yesterday and went down to the beach and it was closed because of the government shutdown. And I just felt all this rage and this very abstract rage at certain political people. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, harmless in a sense because I'm not really taking it out on anyone, but I feel it's harmful sometimes in the discourse and the way that I feel. And I wonder if there's any, you can offer any insight about how to deal with that in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You can solve that one. Yeah, well, I don't know if I could solve it, but I, I've, I, just in the last few days, I spoke to Gil about having similar <laughs> feelings and um, how to deal with a sense of ill, a more generalized sense of ill will towards um, ideologies or political parties. Um, it was interesting. I mean, Gill started talking about, he'd actually researched, like, what motivates conservatives or the, the Tea Party type people. Who is a, that, that was the party that I was um, struggling with. And he actually had a, uh, done some research and had a better sense of what is, what is it that underlies uh, their beliefs and actions. And so that moving in the direction of how do you approach and try to understand rather than just um, distance and make this other political party or, you know, whatever it is, the problem. You know, so, so bringing, 
bringing that uh, approach and understand um, modality rather than separation. I also talked with Tan Jeff uh, yesterday about, or no, well, I guess it was on Thursday night. I talked to Tan Jeff about that, and he actually gave a Dharma talk <laughs> based on, on the question I asked him about not having, like, recognizing that goodwill doesn't mean that you accept or agree with what other people do. It's more that the, the goodwill is around understanding that they want happiness just as much as you do. Even though the, the way you're pursuing it is very different and in, maybe incomprehensible in your view. But still, that that's, you know, that, that central um, desire for uh, happiness. So I, I hope that helps. We have a schedule, and I, I don't want to fall behind too far on it. Um, uh, Diana was going to arrange breakout groups, and then you can do all but the final question. I'll, I'll give you the questions. Okay, so we're going to um, give you guys an opportunity to uh, talk to one another. So let's get into uh, groups of four and kind of do this mindfully and quietly, and then um, we'll give you the question. So if you could please get in.